0: This is episode 24 of the Mill Spec Believer podcast. I'm Ryan McCary. Excited you guys are on here today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Before I get into anything, I just want to point you to social media uh, on Instagram and Facebook at Mill Spec Believer. It's been super fun lately, y'all connecting and uh, hearing some of y'all's prayer requests and just learning a little bit about you guys. So please keep reaching out. Uh, It's been really awesome. I've really been just enjoying being able to pray for y'all and y'all being able to pray for me uh, as we try to be bold in our workplace, our squadron, with our family uh, throughout our day. So it's tough. So it's really cool to be able to band together as believers and try to accomplish that. So today we're talking about TACPs in 2030. Uh, at least on the military side of things, and I'm going to try to tie that into the Christian walk. There's actually a pretty interesting parallel, so hold on with me as we get through this. But we've addressed this before a little bit on the podcast. What What is uh, TACPES and what does the military look like as we kind of move away from this Middle Eastern fight and look more towards uh, a near peer like China or Russia Uh, We talked about this on episode four titled Threats. Uh, We talked about this a little bit, uh, this concept that it's just drastically different when we consider uh, who we're fighting. Um, Just we've been doing it for 20 years in uh, the Middle East. And as we start shifting our focus as the DOD as a whole really shifts focus to China and Russia, um, we move away from the coin environment, the counterinsurgency environment, And we look at this near peer, someone who's somewhat on our level uh, from a military standpoint. um, We can't expect to operate in the same way. Our tactics, techniques, procedures, our TTPs, um, they all have to shift in order to be successful in this new environment. And so, for example, we talked about in episode four, the threat environment, you know, it looks drastically different. And it has a huge effect on close air support when we look at fighting China or Russia, right? Like as a JTAC, how can I call in CAS if our pilots have air-to-air dogfights going on or if they're being targeted by uh, IADS, an integrated air defense system? The short answer is that close air support doesn't exist and it doesn't really become relevant till about 60 days into a war the pilots that are flying those first 60 days of the war aren't looking to provide close air support to JTACs. Uh, The Air Force has way bigger fish to fry um, than supporting a JTAC with a company of soldiers who are in a troops in contact, per se. Um, They're going after strategic targets. Um, So the question is, as a TACP, as a JTAC, what can I provide the Air Force for the first 60 days when the flag goes up? This is truly a question that we're not just asking ourselves. Everyone knows there's budget cuts, there's less and less money in the DOD. And with that being said, the Air Force, the Air Force, you know, like big Air Force, is really the ones asking us saying, hey, if you can't find a way to support the Air Force, for the first 60 days of the fight, then we don't have a budget for you to exist. Uh, so that question's being posed to TACP, uh, Guardian Angel, really Special Warfare as a whole is, is what can you provide the big Air Force? What can you do for us as we go up against this near peer? So what I want to highlight here is that it's, I know that all sounds really like uh, grim and uh, not awesome, but it really is an awesome time to be a TacP. Um, we're crafting a new mission set that is, in my opinion, really, really awesome. You obviously are a JTac first, so just hear me out when I'm saying any of this. Like I'm not trying to say TacP isn't going to be what it used to be. Um, you're a JTac first, so that's your bread and butter and the foundation of what it means to be a P. But as we look at the first 60 days of a near peer war, we have this awesome freedom to figure out what we can provide the Air Force. Uh, I'm not gonna go in depth on what that new mission set looks like at this point. It's ever changing and uh, being figured out, but dude, we have a bunch of dudes who are really hungry to solve the Air Force's problems. And that's, that's what Air Force Special Warfare does really well. So why do I bring this up? I wanted to point to the fact that the clock is ticking, right? For Tech B, we have a problem and we need to basically reinvent ourselves in order to be relevant in the 2030 fight. In my opinion, change is a good thing, generally. Um, but there is this pressure associated that's telling you to perform and to change in order to survive. Right, like if we just keep doing what we're doing, then we're gonna get axed as a career field. As TACPs, if we want to survive, we have to change. Bottom line, uh, and then military members as a whole, if you want to survive against Russia or China, you have to change the way you operate. Right, you can't go into that fight like you were in the Middle East. <sighs> so, as we shift our focus away from the military a little bit into the Christian walk. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that as Christians, we have this tendency to feel pressure to perform, a pressure to change and fix ourselves in order to meet the standards that are being asked of us. I, I don't want to speak for you, but you know ask yourself, do you feel pressure to perform? I know I do sometimes. I know I, I can fall into that where I feel like this desire to do things, for the glory of God, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, so hear me out, and we'll get into it a little bit, but I think the lens that we approach this is very, very important as a believer. We have a tendency to turn towards verses like James uh, chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. Hear me out, and then I'll explain on the back end. So starting on verse 22... says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. So let me first say, like, James is spot on. As a believer, as a brother, sister in Christ, God does call you to be doers of the word. But when we pull verses out of context like this, we naturally have this desire to perform. We live in a world that is constantly trying to meet a standard. And so it's very easy and natural to pull this thinking into our Christian walk. Shoot, like as a TACP, that's exactly how I'm wired. I want to exceed the standard presented in front of me. And when we come to James chapter 1, or any verse in the Bible that calls you to obedience, it's important for us to approach it from a gospel-centered lens of what Scripture tells us as a whole. We have to look at the whole gospel story throughout Scripture. From the beginning, right? Like since the fall of Adam, we are completely lost, broken, and unable to meet any standard. We get a perfect picture of this through the Old Testament, looking at Israel. The Israelites, they're led out of Egypt and they continually fail and fail again as God leads them to the promised land. It starts to get tricky, though, when, when we look at post-salvation life. Like, are we able to obey now that we're saved? What does that look like? It can be super confusing if we're not like really looking at Scripture as a whole. So, like, let's look at Romans 7, verses 1 through 4. This is Paul talking to the Romans. He says, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. And he's going to give an example here in this next verse. He says, For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies... She is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is still alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. So he's going to relate that here. And he says, likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him, who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Like, it doesn't get any clearer than that last verse, verse 4. You have died to the law through the body of Christ. Everything that we do in this Christian life is through the power of the gospel, through the work of Christ in order that we may bear fruit for God. Um, so as you approach these verses that are calling you to obedience, calling you to walk as a Christian, because the Bible is very clear, like if you are a child of God, you will bear good fruit, meaning you will look different and you will have works that are honoring to the Lord. Look at John 15, 8. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How do they know he's disciples? By bearing good fruit. Um, So the works are required. Don't get that part mixed up. But how are you able to accomplish the works? 100% through the work that he has done and that he is doing in your heart through the Holy Spirit. I say this almost every episode, but the gospel is needed and is played out in your life daily, not at a moment of salvation, so then you, you, know, you can go meet all the standards once you're saved, but daily as you stumble and fall, and he lifts you back up again, again and again, to continue your pursuit of righteousness. So if you are in that boat, if you are feeling this pressure to perform and to follow the law of God, but you aren't seeking his power to accomplish that, if you're looking to yourself to accomplish these things, um, you're, you're digging up a big problem for yourself. Uh, because when you do fall, because you will, you will mess up, and when that happens, And you're on your face, you will question your salvation. You know, like, oh, I thought I was saved. Why am I struggling with X, Y, and Z? Or the opposite of that, like if you were resting in His power, when you mess up, you are sprinting back to Him in His beautiful gospel for the gospel to empower you, you know, for the gospel to allow you to pursue righteousness as opposed to, you know, your own self ability. So I hope this is encouraging y'all. This is something that I literally on a daily basis can find myself uh, viewing things, not through the right gospel lens. So I really wanted to um, share that with you. Hopefully it is encouraging. And as you're trying to be bold in your squadron, same thing. If you're trying to do that through your own power, like best of luck, like you will fail Um, But if you're in prayer, if you're in the word and asking God to provide opportunities and asking God to just do this work in your heart to make you more bold, like he is going to be faithful to do that. So have a good week, y'all. Any questions you guys got or prayer requests or anything, feel free to reach out again on social media, on Facebook or Instagram at Spec Believer. Y'all have a good week. See ya.